Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Upgrade, a podcast covering the speculative grade market with a focus on leveraged credit and CLOs. My name is Bob Schultz and I'm the sector lead for leveraged finance. On The Upgrade, we look at speculative grade companies that we think have the potential to work their way up the rating scale and what that means for CLOs. Uh, we recently looked at PE-driven M&A in episode 14, uh, Dial M for Merger, and discussed the very large LBO Medline in the most recent episode. Today we're discussing new research on a perplexing subject. How can the default rate be so low and expected to remain so well into next year, while at the same time the C ratings cohort is so large? On October 21st, we published why C rated companies have risen and default rates have not. Joining today from the Analytics and Research Group are the primary authors on the commentary, Nicole Serino and Gregoire Ricks. From the CLO team, we're joined by Dan Hu. Listeners know they can count on Dan for great CLO insights. Welcome all. First, let me set the stage briefly by reminding listeners that B- is one step above the C category. B- is the largest cohort in speculative grade, and almost two-thirds of all speculative grade ratings are in the B category. A C category rating means that a company's capital structure is unsustainable in our view, and depending on where the rating is within the C category, C plus or C or C minus, uh, we think that that company faces an increasing likelihood of default. Uh, Nicole, let's start with you and tell us about the thesis you and Gregoire address in the research and why this is so timely and important to investors. Thanks, Bob. So to start, we noticed that since about the middle of 2020, there was an unprecedented divergence between default rates and the number of C rated issuers. As only 16% of C rated issuers defaulted over the last 12 months compared to the historic average of 35%. Now we know the number of C rated issuers exploded in 2020 due to the initial shock of the COVID-19 pandemic on the most vulnerable issuers, but what you might not expect that while triple C issuers spiked to record levels, speculative grade default rates did not. Two things that historically we've seen move hand in hand. Moving forward, however, we believe that many business models will remain viable once the pandemic ends, and this should support rating normalization. In our research, we also talk about the profile of typical triple C rated companies and how it has changed over the last 18 months reflecting the dynamic economic impact of COVID-19. Before the pandemic, more than half of the companies within the C rating category were companies which were categorized as vulnerable. Many of these companies are very small with weak market position, intense competition, and operate in secularly declining industries. This concentration on vulnerable business mix declined in the end of the second quarter of 2020, as relatively stronger companies entered the rating category due to the material impact of the pandemic on their operations. This has tended to make the category less homogeneous than it used to be. Yeah, no, thanks, Nicole. That's a, that's a great point, that last point about it's, it's not uh, all one sort of company. So, Gregoire, t- tell us about the, the pace of upgrades out of the C category and a little bit about the profiles of companies being upgraded out of, out of that C cohort. Sure. The pace of upgrade has been strong by historical standards, and upgrades have largely outpaced downgrades in the C space since the beginning of the year. However, it's important to keep in mind that it remains relatively small compared to the number of downgrades done last year. As for the second part of your question, 
we have identified three main profiles of issuers which have emerged rapidly out of Triple C. First are companies with relatively short maturities as COVID-19 hit, which were originally downgraded on refinancing risk before being upgraded back as they successfully refinanced. Second are companies that took steps to restructure their balance sheet in 2020, which triggered a default under S&P Global Ratings criteria. And these companies were often re-rated in the triple C category as they emerged out of these defaults, only to be upgraded later on as recovery prospects improved. And finally, we had companies with business fundamentals much less severely affected than we had anticipated and which benefited from a very rapid rebound. As you might have guessed from the first two profiles that I mentioned, a lot of these upgrades thus far have been opportunity-driven and they were allowed by supportive financing conditions. From now on, we expect the number of upgrades to gradually decline as business performance becomes the main driver of rating actions. In fact, what we saw in the years following a major crisis is that upgrades out of the triple C category tend to take longer than usual because uncertainties take time to dissipate, the time for credit metrics to improve, and for these improvements to be seen as sustainable. Uh, thanks, Gregoire. And so, you know, we, I think we listeners are very aware of how robust the capital markets have been. Tell us a little bit about how the capital markets, you know, the bond and loan markets, played a role in this kind of unprecedented divergence between the defaults and the triple C levels. There's no question that the capital markets' fast rebound was one of the factors that provided a lifeline to corporate issuers. The low interest rate environment and the appetite for yield have fueled speculative rate issuance, which reached $508 billion in August, as issuers have been able to borrow very cheaply, even the ones at the lowest end of the rating spectrum. As an example, the amount of issuance done by triple C rated entities in 2021 had shattered its previous year-end totals by August. The real question now is, what happens when this lifeline begins to go away? And as Nicole pointed out, the triple C category contains companies with different profiles which are not exposed to the same risks. And we believe that the likely scenario is for the strongest companies to benefit from the economic recovery and to be upgraded out of triple C, while in the meantime, the weakest companies could suffer from less favorable financing conditions, leading to a pickup in the default rate. Therefore, the displacements that we're currently seeing could continue a little longer, but it is likely to be temporary and should revert back to its original behavior where triple C's and defaults move hand in hand. No, thank you. Yeah, and I'll just remind the listeners that a straight triple C means we see a default scenario over the following 12 months, and triple C minus, we see a default scenario over the, the next six months. Um, so Dan, let's, let's turn to you and uh, let's hear about the triple the C bucket uh, in CLOs. How did that important metric uh, evolve in 2020 and where are we now? CLOs generally prefer not to hold triple C's. If triple C exposures in CLOs exceed 7.5% of the portfolio, the CLO will be exposed to market value haircuts, which can stress the various coverage tests of the CLO, which in turn determines which CLO investors will get paid. And that's exactly what happened during the pandemic last year. Uh, due to the volume of corporate downgrades in March through May, the average triple C bucket in CLOs tripled from about 4% to 12% within two months. At this time, loan prices also dropped significantly, which exposed the CLOs to those market value haircuts we just spoke about. 
um, as pretty much all of them had breached the 7.5% triple C threshold, which meant CLO coverage tests began to drop almost immediately. By mid-2020, about one-fourth of reinvesting CLOs were failing one or more of their coverage tests, resulting in the CLO investors in the subordinate and junior pieces of the capital stack to miss a few interest payments in the second and third quarter. Triple C buckets began to subside by the second half of 2020, but still remain elevated for the rest of 2020. Average triple C exposures declined off the peak of 12% to just under 9% by the end of 2020. In 2021, corporate upgrades outpaced downgrades every month so far for the spec rate universe. And as mentioned, several triple C rated companies were upgraded out of the triple C category, helping to reduce the triple C buckets of pre-pandemic CLOs down to about 6% by the start of the fourth quarter this year. Now, most pre-pandemic CLOs are now below the 7.5% triple C threshold. So just about all CLOs are back in compliance on their coverage test and interest has resumed to the junior CLO notes that have been cut off during the pandemic. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, it's been a a pretty quick turnabout as we've heard. Um, So I think some of the CLO tranches that were downgraded in 2020 uh, are on Credit Watch positive now. So maybe talk a little bit about how much of a contributor the decline in the triple C bucket was to those Credit Watch positives and or upgrades. And then, you know, with all the triple C issuance we've seen uh, and a lot of that paper trading pretty close to par, have we seen CLOs buying triple C paper? Yeah, for your first question, about half of the CLOs outstanding last year saw one or more tranches downgraded in the second half of 2020. As corporate upgrades outpaced downgrades month over month in uh, 2021 this year, and corporate default rates remain low, by the summer of this year, we placed about half of the tranches we downgraded last year on Credit Watch Positive. We've already begun resolving some of these Credit Watch Positive placements and have upgraded some of them back to their original ratings, though not all CL notes will regain their original ratings back. Even though we've seen modest credit improvement in CLO portfolios, and the corporate landscape has improved notably with far less issuers with a negative ratings outlook, the pandemic still took a toll on the pre-pandemic CLOs as many of these deals have lost par and are now left with a slightly smaller portfolio with a weaker credit profile. Although CLOs generally prefer not to hold triple Cs, it's almost impossible to completely avoid it. CLO managers have to strike a balance with regard to their credit profile, as well as their return profile. Loans from triple C rated issuers typically offer higher yields, which can help to balance the economics of the CLO. Despite the pandemic last year, many new CLOs were formed within the second half of last year. These post-pandemic CLOs have the benefit of hindsight to avoid certain sectors or issuers, but they didn't completely avoid triple C assets. These post-pandemic CLOs have average triple C exposure of about 3%, which is comfortably below the 7.5% threshold, allowing the CLO managers some flexibility as they manage the CLO portfolio while maintaining the credit profile, the return profile, the diversity profile, par balance, and various other tests for the CLO investors. Okay, thank you, Dan. Uh, Nicole, so last question for you. Um, any, any insights to share from another publication, the, the latest Risky Credits commentary, uh, which has been focused on B- and triple C since late 2019? Yeah, sure, Bob. Thanks for asking. We we are actually seeing um, a bit of conflicting trends between North American and European risky credits. 
So in North America, the number of upgrades out of the C rating category have continued to outpace downgrades for the 10th consecutive month now, where as in Europe, upgrades have been few and far between over the last quarter, which has contributed to the decrease in the um, percentage of C compared to the rest of the speculative grade population in the region. Now, what the two regions do have in common, though, is that net cumulative rating actions from the beginning of the pandemic until now still have a long way to go until they recover to those pre-pandemic levels. Thanks, Nicole. That was a great, great way to wrap it up. And thank you to you, Gregoire and Dan, for being on The Upgrade. And thank you, listeners, for listening to Episode 16 of The Upgrade. 